Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. and welcome back. Can you feel that feeling? It is March. I think that I can finally start breathing more easily because the countdown to spring is truly on. Um, As I'm recording this, it's like 60 degrees outside, but pretty sure that as we're listening to this, if you're in New Hampshire, it's going to be like 30 again. But that's just that's just what you get this time of year, February and March. Um, but in case you didn't know or couldn't guess this, I am super excited about spring because that means that summer is just around the corner. And summer is like my favorite season of all time here in New Hampshire or anywhere. But I will take spring as a starting point. Speaking of spring, I sat down the other day and started to map out my month of March. And I have to say, It was kind of scary. Uh, I had to face the facts a little bit and I was looking at everything I'd booked and said yes to and I was like, wow, this is a lot. And it's all wicked exciting stuff. I have clients. I have She Built This Events and Happenings. I'm on uh, a lot of podcasts and in fact, I feel like it's been kind of going at this pace since the start of the year, but just like if you want a little sneak peek behind the curtains so you can see what we're dealing with over here, I have nine podcast interviews scheduled for this podcast in March. And part of this is because I like to batch record and edit and schedule as many as possible. Part of it is because I just keep meeting great people and I want you to meet them too. And part of it is because I really want to pre-plan this year for the summer months when I just want to be outside enjoying the big wild world instead of working on the weekends all the time. Uh, So I'm just kind of like working towards that goal, which means a lot of happening in the beginning of the year when it's cold and chilly and I don't really want to be outside. Um, I will say that my focus this year is on visibility and opportunities have just kind of been like falling from the sky from contributing to one of my local favorite magazines to being on other people's podcasts to talk about community and content and entrepreneurship. And in April, I am super excited about this. I'm speaking as a guest of the New Hampshire Women's Tech Alliance all about how their members can increase their visibility too. But, or should I say, and the other focus of mine this year is intention. And intention for me means slowing down a little bit, taking the scenic route in some places. And as I sat down to map out my month of March, I realized that January, February, and March are jam-packed full of visibility and possibly not quite as jam-packed full of that slow intention that might also be called for in life. So I'm kind of working on tipping the scales back into balance. I don't know if it's ever going to be like a perfect balance, but I think that you do need to make up for those busier seasons with a little bit of downtime. So now I'm working on spring cleaning my calendar so that in April uh, I can have a really nice month recommitted to my boundaries and also just like taking on what I can actually commit to as I move forward a little bit into some of the warmer months. Maybe you're feeling this too. Maybe quarter one of 2022, you committed to your word or your words of the year and you just like went out of the gate hot or maybe you've been taking it slow and you're getting ready to ramp up with the spring winds that you're feeling blowing your way. Well, Either way, whether you've been running with a jetpack of rocket fuel strapped to your back like I have and now you're feeling it, or if you're just starting to gear up for spring with some extra energy and pep in your step and going to hit the ground running, this month's theme is going to be for you. This month's theme is clean up aisle five, and it's basically dedicated to everyone I see in the grocery store who breaks and drops olive oil, jars of pickles, bags of dried peas and beans, and opens bags of Skittles to give their kids while they shop, ending in disaster and leaving a trail of rainbow candy behind them. 
at my college, uh, and may, and I think my husband told me this too, so maybe it was yours as well, if you've been there, done that for, with the whole college thing. Um, people used to clap whenever somebody in the cafeteria would drop their tray. You know, like you'd heat pasta and pizza and then like a little salad for a good measure onto that thing. And of course, it got too heavy and you were balancing the milk or whatever other beverage you had on there, maybe a milk and a couple glasses of water, and it fell. And the whole entire cafeteria would like erupt in clapping. Or if a poor, tired calf worker would drop a rack of glasses or plates and break them all, or they just had a thing of just clean silverware and it went clashing to the floor, like the whole entire room would just be clapping and everyone would be looking around for the person that dropped all the stuff. It was so sad and embarrassing. Just like when you're the one who drops the apple cider vinegar at the grocery store and makes the entire aisle smell like a salad. Not that I've ever been there or done that. But anyway, cleaning up, making a mess, it can feel a little embarrassing. And I'll be honest, while I'm very excited about all of the things on my calendar, I'm a little ashamed at myself that I let it get that full and busy because that's just not my preferred MO. So deep breath in. With the soon-to-be arrival of spring, we are going to be doing some spring cleaning on the podcast this month, and we're going to be taking all of the shame out of that cleanup game with this theme. So here's what you kind of have to look forward to. We're going to be talking about cleaning up your LinkedIn, your social media game, sprucing up your SEO, and more, all in a way that removes the, you know, hustle, shame, shoulds, faster, do it now, all of those things. Um, And for our She Built This workshop this month, uh, we are going to be having Kim Dawson of The Sassy Strategist talk to us about cleaning up our pricing, aka charging what you're worth. Um, So if you want to learn more about that workshop and get in on any of our upcoming events for this month, you can always visit shebuiltthis.org and join us over there. Most of our events are free to our all access members and available for a small fee for others. Okay, and last but not least piece of housekeeping before I get into today's episode and you meet our awesome guests, I have to reread the review from last week because somehow I missed that. It was like a way longer piece. Um, It wasn't showing on Apple Podcasts for the reviews. So I need to give it its proper moment in the sun. So Piper the Piper gets another big thank you. What a wonderful podcast, really great content and interviews. I listened to the most recent podcast regarding marriages and texted my partner immediately afterward, letting her know how much I appreciated her. I listen to a lot of radio and podcasts all day while I work, and I found the ones I like the most are the ones that let you take a peek behind the curtain and share their own personal lives with you like Emily does with hers. It helps you to feel more connected to the podcast as a whole. Emily has a very pleasant voice and way about her and makes this podcast very listenable. Well done. Woo. Okay, that was like even better and more outstanding than just the little tiny blurb of it I read last week. And I am so beyond grateful to Piper the Piper for sharing. It means so much to me when you take time to write me a review because first of all, I am a words of affirmation kind of person and I love the positive feedback. Everyone needs a cheerleading squad, you know. And secondly, reviews are what are helping me to build this. It helps me to get great guests and reach more hearts, ears, and minds of people that we can share with uh, the community about. And if you need help writing the review, I know many people have reached out to say, how do I do it? You know where to find me. Uh, It's just emily at emilyaborn.com. And like, I'm a pro at walking people through it by now. So happy to help you help me. And just in case this is your first time joining us and you're like, who is this Emily person? Or if you require a lot of repetition and you can't remember who I am, my name is Emily Aborn and I'm the owner and founder of She Built This, which is a woman's entrepreneurship community where you get the cheerleading squad of your very own just simply for being yourself. And as I said before, you can learn more about what we're up to and get involved at shebuiltthis.org. And What I love about this podcast is that it's not just for women. We don't only have women on the show, though the name might indicate otherwise. It's for everyone who loves a mix of inspiring stories, life lessons, marketing and writing strategies, education. And my real goal through all of this is to eliminate that feeling of hustle, hustle, do, do, should, should, because we do not need any more of that in our lives. Let's clean that up once and for all. Okay, on to today's guest and episode. 
Marietta Crawford is a personal brand strategist and LinkedIn expert specializing in public speaking, corporate workshops, and training for businesses, large and small. Her ideas have been featured on websites like Business Insider, Forbes, Money, Fast Company, The Muse, Thrive Global, and more. Marietta helps business owners, consultants, and experts leverage LinkedIn to build their authority, attract media, and profit from her expertise. Her course, The LinkedIn Level Up, provides her signature process for writing a magnetic LinkedIn profile that shows credibility, increases visibility, and attracts high caliber opportunities like a human. We talk about in this episode how you can improve your LinkedIn game in just 30 minutes a day. We're not asking you to like commit your life to LinkedIn. Um, And no matter how you're building your relationships and networking, it's not just the you show, you know, we're talking about how we really need to respond, relate, reciprocate, and bring value to the people in our network. She also talks about how you don't need to put on your Sunday best anymore in order to get on LinkedIn because it is a lot hipper, cooler, and more fun and laid back than you think. And I get into it in the episode, but how I met Marietta is that I actually saw her in one of Laura Belgray's email newsletters, and I reached out to her because I loved her MO. And no surprise, we hit it off instantly in our conversation. I think you're going to love it, and you might want to have a pen and paper handy because Marietta gives a lot of valuable tips and tricks. Hello, Marietta, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Hi, Emily. So glad to be here with you. You know, I was just thinking back to how I found out about you, and I think it's pretty neat and a good little lesson for everybody. I found out about you through Laura Bell Gray's email. She sent out like this whole list of resources of everybody that has fantastic opt-ins and yours was one of them. And not only was yours one of them because it was a very, very long list. Yours was one that super duper caught my eye as something that I found exciting and valuable. So I love that. I love hearing that. That was Shripika. And Laura is um, one of my mentors, one of my favorite, favorite people in the world. She's my copy shero. So the fact that she connected us um, really is exciting because she just attracts the, the greatest people on the planet. So why not? I- I agree. And she's my copy Shiro too. She was just on my show a couple of weeks ago. So I'm excited. Yay. Um, all right. So enough about Laura. <laughs> yeah, Laura. Let's, let's talk about you in yeah. your, in your words. Um, of course I read your bio before you joined us, but in your own words, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. I would say that, um, if I was to put it into, um, something short, uh, I would say that I'm a personal brand personal brand strategist and LinkedIn expert, and my goal is to help individuals, uh, coaches, consultants, experts, as well as organizations, you know, go from invisible to memorable when it comes to having a strong personal brand, communicating their value, networking with others in a fruitful way so that they can profit from their expertise. I just love your tagline of invisible to memorable. And I also love that you really focus on LinkedIn because I think that's a platform that does not get uh, enough credit. And Mm -hmm. so, so before we get into LinkedIn and like why maybe we might reconsider if if people aren't on it, why they might reconsider that decision. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear like how you got started and how you specifically started focusing on LinkedIn as a platform. Yeah. And I I love that you mentioned it doesn't get enough attention because I totally agree. And I'm not just biased because that's my thing. (laughs) Um, But really, I would say, you know, my beginnings actually started with LinkedIn um, as I was an employee when I was a full time employee. And at that time, that was like, you know, during a stage where if you probably think about it, a lot of us joined LinkedIn around like 
2011-ish, 2010, 2011-ish or so. And at that point, I was, um, by trade, I'm a, a technical trainer and writer. So at that point, I was working within Fortune 500 companies, in and out. You know, I was someone who definitely never <laughs> um, belonged as an employee. So at that point, I was always kind of looking for new opportunities, looking to express my brand. And before, you know, the Marietta today, oh my goodness, I just referred to myself in third person, which I <laughs> try not to do. But before, you know, getting to where I am today, I actually thought LinkedIn was a cool place to share my thoughts and, you know, what now, which is considered thought leadership. But I used it to write about career, my career musings and, you know, building a personal brand. And actually my side hustle came as a result from being on LinkedIn and realizing that it was more than just this resume you know, a digital resume, I'm like, this is where I can build my brand. And from there, I started writing articles. And from there, people started coming to me saying, hey, can, how can I work with you? Um, how can I help you? And actually, those same articles that I wrote on LinkedIn were articles that helped me build my online writing portfolio and then reach out to bigger um, websites like The Muse and eventually writing for bigger companies and being syndicated like on Fast Company and, and featured as an expert. So, so it really, it wasn't an overnight thing, um, but it was something that in the long run was very fruitful and has evolved to this day and continues to evolve. Well, I love that it wasn't an overnight thing because I actually think that makes it far more relatable than yeah. if you were just some sort of overnight viral sensation on LinkedIn. Um, oh, yeah. So I really love that. And I, th I think we're going to walk through some of those steps and some of the things that people can do to kind of like follow in the in the framework that you set. Mm -hmm. I will say uh, LinkedIn was how and I just this just popped into my head when you were talking. I had completely forgotten it. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn was how I got my first corporate job as an executive assistant. A oh, wow. um, yeah, a recruiter found me on LinkedIn, and I got a job. And I was like, I, I hadn't I hadn't put two and two together until just now. And I I love that you turned it to like, okay, how can I turn? How can I like share my own thoughts and yeah. share share my personal brand through this platform? Oh yeah, and and honestly, Emily, just to your point too, like one of the things that I you know <laughs> everyone is a LinkedIn trainer these days or a LinkedIn expert, and one of the things I like to say is that I will be completely transparent in saying that the overnight success may happen for some. I don't know who, but there's no such thing, right? So anyone who's saying to you, hey, you can attract leads and clients on LinkedIn um, in your sleep on, on, on automatic, easy breezy. I don't know how they're doing that because I know that the way that works best, the way that I've helped like my clients who have gotten the best results on LinkedIn are those who were consistent. They incorporated it into their regular marketing and networking strategy, as opposed to thinking that this is something that you can set, forget. And then it's like, oh, well, mine is broken. I don't know why it doesn't work for me. I hate LinkedIn, you know? So I think it's important to understand that it's about setting, you know, sowing seeds and building relationships, which, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and or a service provider or expert, whatever you do, and you generally want to help people, this is what you would want to do. And it's part of your business strategy anyway. So let's talk about how, like, I know that you've used your LinkedIn profile to get you paid opportunities and yeah. you even landed a $5,000 speaking gig. Yes. So I'd love to hear some of your like day to day, like, what do you do to be consistent? Like, what are some of the secrets to this? Yeah, I would say, you know, the secret is thinking of it beyond just your skills and what you do. So that 5K speaking gig was amazing. And it was actually a half day speaking gig, a couple of hours of my time. But, uh, you know, the company was a really high caliber company that paid for my transportation, put me in a hotel, had a driver with my name, Crawford, waiting for me, driving me to and back and forth from the hotel to the, um, the company site. And what was interesting about it is that the person was a leadership and development director who was looking for um, someone to speak to the group about personal branding. And when she, she, you know, when she reached out to me, one of the things I asked is, how did you find me? And she said, well, I searched for personal branding. Right. I, per I was looking for a personal branding expert. So, you know, one of the things I would say is that like having a 
keyword optimized profile that makes it very clear what you do, not only from how you want to communicate your brand, but like what your target audience is looking and searching for is important. So, mm. you know, that's just something I wanted to just say, but from a day to day, to me, there's, there's different levels. And, you know, my, th my three thoughts and one of the things that I go into more details with my clients and in, um, that I coach is like, you know, it's respond, relate and reciprocate, right? So a lot of times some people may go on LinkedIn and they'll post, maybe you're posting from Facebook or Instagram, and then you totally forget to check LinkedIn again, right? So you're, you're losing a lot of opportunity to respond to your, to the comments, to people who may say, Hey, this is a great article and start a conversation, right? So one of the things that's important to me in my day to day to make sure that if I do, if, and when I post, so I'm responding to anyone who engaged with it, because not only is that, you know, you know, um, acknowledging, thanking people for their time, but it provides the opportunity for this post to get more, you know, be visible to other people in my network, that person's network and gives it life to move forward. And then when I talk about like relating Relating is actually really important because that's the point of like having conversations, commenting on other people's posts. So not just thinking that LinkedIn is someplace that's like this place to just post, but how do you engage with people who are your target audience? Um, how do you understand what they're looking for? What are they posting? What are they liking? I mean, it's, it's one of the best places to do market research when you're thinking about um, you know, how do you write content or, you know, get engagement from people that you're looking to get in front of? And then the last piece, reciprocate, I would say, you know, one of the things that I, I, I try to incorporate into my day-to-day -day activity is just making sure that it's not just about me, <laughs> you know, like Whitney yeah. Houston had the song, the greatest love of all. And then like the opposite is like the greatest me of all, where <laughs> it's just like, I am so amazing and this is what I did and this is what I think. And while, you know, when you're building your brand, it is about sharing your 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 um, knowledge so that you can establish your authority in your industry. It's also about being um, able to share industry related um, content that's going to start conversations, giving props or, you know, showing respect and support to your colleagues who you can share their information or just, um, you know, using it as a way to, you know, privately reach out to colleagues, see how you can support them. So that's not just something that you're doing when you want, you're going someplace where you want something, but you're literally using it as a way to um, nurture relationships. You know, I wish so many people could adopt this mindset when it comes to a lot of social media. I call it yeah. posting and posting and ghosting. When posting and ghosting, yes. yeah. <laughs> you just go there, you drop your thing, and then you leave. Yeah. Because it, it really is about having a conversation. I mean, uh, I, Terry Trespicio, who was on my podcast in, in January, she made a fantastic point. She's like, if you aren't having the conversation, it's like you're being asked out to dinner with these people. And then you're just like sitting there quietly <laughs> while everyone is talking around you. And I'm like, that's a really good point. Um, all right. So as entrepreneurs, there are a lot of social media platforms and we are busy. And like I, at, at the same time that I say, don't post and ghost, I also say don't overcommit. Yes. So I kind of want to hear like what you find as like, you know, why LinkedIn is one of the ones that you chose, like what is the value for it? And what I think the question that is going to be on a lot of people's minds, is it alive and well, is it really still the place where the cool kids are hanging out? Yeah, you know, I mean, my answer, my first answer to that is, how about that clubhouse? Um, oh, golly. <laughs> because, and I'm sure there, there actually are, someone recently asked me if I'm on clubhouse. I'm like, no, I, I'm not. And it's not to put it down, but I use that as an example of something that was really new and exciting that a lot of people wanted to hop on. And then while it is something that may be a place that people hang out, it's not as, I feel like that buzz is dying down from where it was when it first began. So when I think about LinkedIn, I mean, LinkedIn literally is the, in 2020, 2020, in a recent um, survey, it was voted as one of the most trusted platform, one of the number one trusted platform. And there is something to that where people say, you know what, I trust this platform, not as only um, the place that I'm going to for expert advice and thought leadership, but as a platform that, you know, is, is, 
secure, you know, my privacy and, and, and my information is as protected as it's going to be on the internet. I'm using air quotes because we all know internet privacy is a whole different conversation, but there is something about the longevity of LinkedIn and knowing that like, if you are going to LinkedIn, you're going for information, like you're going for some type of thought leadership, you're going to network, as opposed to the other platforms like Facebook and Instagram, you're competing with cute kittens, puppies, um, you know, all of these things that when you have something really profound to say, you know, people may not be as interested in reading it at that moment than, oh, a kitten. Oh, wow. That's really great because right now my mind is in someplace different. So I think that LinkedIn for is a great place for experts to be. And it's one of those platforms that you really don't have to spend a lot of time if you're if you're managing your time. Like one of the strategies that I I help um, my clients in, in, incorporate is like 30 minutes a day. And they always, it always blows their mind where they're just like, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, because for me, I, um, I have a toddler, I'm married, I have friends and family. I don't want to be on the internet or on, on social media all day. So how do you still make that time effective? There are ways that you can do it without, you know, feeling like you have to do this whole, you know, mind boggling long commitment to get results. I love the way you said that. And I think you are so right. Instagram and Facebook and, and not, not that there's anything against those. And I use those platforms too, yeah, um, but they're, they're more like a buffet. Like you're getting right. just everything. Whereas LinkedIn really is that pr- platform where you're like, I'm going on this as a professional and I'm yeah. going to connect with other professionals and join in other conversations as an expert. Um, But Emily, let me just just say this too, because I want to debunk this myth that when you do join, and you're right, like it's not to bash um, Facebook or Clubhouse or Instagram, because honestly, I believe wherever you feel like, wherever it feels the most natural to you, regardless of what that platform will be, is where you'll have the most success. Because if something feels daunting and it feels like it's work or it's not the natural way that you like to express yourself or connect with your clients, it will feel like work. But one of the things I wanna debunk about LinkedIn is that, okay, well, some people will think, well, if I'm on Instagram, I can be looser and free and I can share a little bit of my personal life and the same thing with Facebook. And when I go on LinkedIn, I have to put on my best Sunday clothes and I have to be super proper and I can't be myself. And I think that that's something that unfortunately comes from people who are not on the platform now regularly, remembering it from when they may have not even been entrepreneurs. And they're like, well, this platform is filled with like my old managers and really stuffy people. So I have to show a different face. And when we when I talk about even, you know, bringing it full circle uh, when it comes to going from invisible to memorable um, on LinkedIn, especially the way that you're going to be memorable is to show up as yourself. And that means that, yes, you do want to be, uh, you know, professional and share your expertise, but it can be with your personality. It can be, um, you know, I like to say like the four, my four C's of brand clarity is being clear, credible, consistent, and carefree. And that carefree part is something that you shouldn't just leave um, out the door when you're on LinkedIn, because that carefree part and how you express yourself and connect with people is what's going to make you stand out from those who are like, okay, well, I'm on LinkedIn, so I have to be LinkedIn-like. And that's totally a myth. Thank you for reminding me of that because that is definitely the, that is definitely the trap I fall into is like, I do like, okay, button up. Can't share that. Can't share that side of me on LinkedIn. So I really appreciate that. That one tip alone. Um, Let's talk about the nuts and the bolts of the LinkedIn profile. You mentioned search engine optimization, like uh, using those similar keywords in our profiles, which is super important. But what are some other things that we should really focus on and care about when it comes to our LinkedIn profile? Well, definitely, you know, just to build on the SEO part, the search engine optimization, it's also just remembering that it's not just your headline, it's also the title. So when you think about your experience section, sometimes people will just put, you know, founder of your company, like founder of, you know, MGC Inc., my company. And that's actually um, an opportunity that can be better used to not only say, unless you're like Spanx or, you 
you know, Blue Apron or Google or Microsoft, not to say that your company name doesn't matter, but you can actually use the title in the experience section to build out more keywords. So, you know, um, social media expert for entrepreneurs or, you know, podcast host, you know, for creatives, like there's ways that you can actually build out some more SEO in the in the titles, um, as well as, you know, the about section where you're, you have actually 2,600 characters. So in the about section, people, you know, either kind of like don't have much at all or it's just it reads like an obituary it's like well you know Mary is <laughs> really good she was great and detailed oriented and she lived a great life it's like no you can use it as an opportunity to infuse copy personality and then be targeted to what you think will connect with your ideal audience um so those are some important aspects of like your profile and making sure that when someone does check you out, because people, regardless of your platform, people will check you out on, on LinkedIn. And in fact, if someone is internet stalking you um, and Googling you, regardless of whether you're active or LinkedIn or not, your LinkedIn profile might actually be one of the top three links that show up on Google as a result. So you want to make sure that even if it's not your main platform, it's updated, it shows your personality and it's pointing people to the right direction, whether it's your opt-in, whether it's um, a free training that you offer, or maybe even, hey, you know, if you want more content from me, catch me on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I think you are so right about, uh, I see, this is probably the biggest mistake I see is that people mm -hmm. do not take full advantage of that about section. Like yeah. they just, they have just like one little sentence or their tagline or something. And I'm like, no, like this is gold. You can gold. fill this out so, so much. <laughs> and, and you're right. Like that is, uh, that is number one where I go when I'm internet stalking people is oh, their yeah. LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah. And you can find out like, you know, cause it goes back such a far distance that you can learn more about just what they're doing right now you can also yeah. learn about what what job they had in 2004 and it's exactly. fascinating so. and also just noting like you know recommendations right there's a recommendation section and we all know as entrepreneurs like our websites you want to have testimonials and and um you know praise and kudos from your past clients what about on linkedin right it's not only for like when you were an employee and you want a recommendation from your manager it's a great place to really make it easy whether someone found you if they didn't find you first at your website um, or either or, why don't make why don't you make sure that you have some recommendations from past clients as well and utilize that feature so that as people are trying exactly what you said, Emily, like as, as people are searching, like what did she do before she started her business? Like what is what is the experience, the pathway? You know, you also have updated recommendations that support your credibility, support your expertise, which is what we want, right? Like it gives opportunities for people to um, put the pieces together about who this person, you know, who this person really is behind, behind um, the profile, but like, are you the real deal? And I think that they feel actually more alive than testimonials because mm -hmm. with the recommendations, I can go click on the person that made the recommendation yeah. and look at them too and say, Absolutely. oh, they actually have a business too, or they're yeah. the, uh, they're the owner and founder of a fortune 500 company. This is amazing that they wrote her re recommendation. So yeah, yeah, they have this, they have something in them that's a little more lifelike than just a testimonial on your website. And I would say that recommendations are more powerful than testimonials. Yeah. And, and to that point, you just want to make sure that if someone is giving you a recommendation that they have a decent profile yes. or it's not like your parent, um, <laughs> uh, which is a true story. Someone had their mom um, write a recommendation for them. So, you know, it is a way to further, you know, have people vouch, you know, we can all sing our praises, but nothing better than having some that's that social proof in place that have other people support you. And one of the things I always advise as a tip, when you're asking for recommendations, make sure that those keywords that you want to be known for or services that you offer or whatever that, 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 that topic or, or, you know, keyword is that you're not afraid to make, you know, ask and request that that's included so that it, it, it supports everything. It supports your, your daily activity. It supports your about section. It supports your experience. 
I think I'm, I need to get better at this practice of uh, asking clients that do write me testimonials to put them on LinkedIn because you, you're just making such great valid points that I think we all need to, to do that more. Like it's probably better than having it be on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I, so. and, and I appreciate, I mean, honestly, it's a reminder for myself to, um, <laughs> you know, make sure that I'm doing that and, and practicing what I preach. Um, one of the easiest ways I, I, I recommend um, to do it, if you feel like, oh my goodness, this is going to be daunting is basically like when you do get um because it doesn't have to be like as as real life as in two months ago or, or whatever but definitely within the last three years or so and definitely you want those recommendations to be aligned with your current business direction um yeah. but one of the one of the tips that i that i give that you know when you do get a recommendation from a client you say hey thank you i would love to use this on linkedin um do you mind you know of course get their permission would you be open to um, this being shared on LinkedIn? Yes. Okay. And they say, yes, you can pretty much um, send the request via LinkedIn, which you have to initiate, but then copy and paste the recommendation that they wrote for you already or the approved recommendation into it so that all they have to do is, you know, paste it and prove it and they don't have to think. So it's a great way to let our clients not have to think too much about, you know, okay, I have to find the email or whatever and easier to get it done. Okay. You're bringing me to a question that has been burning on my mind. I need to know your thoughts on the LinkedIn messaging and the best and worst practices. I'm sure you and I have both seen these things that like, what is with the LinkedIn messages that come through? I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You know, I don't even need to explain what they are. We all know them. We all know. And I'm sure there's a collective eye roll for everyone listening right now um, (laughs) to this um, at this point, because that is the number one thing. Uh, These spammy, horrible emails. I hate to say this because I don't want to sound like a total hater, but unfortunately, I do think that there are some marketing experts that are teaching this as a strategy. And I don't know if it's like a, um, you know, sales, um, you know, a numbers thing. Um, but I don't feel that they are, if you're genuinely trying to get um, a response from someone that you want to build a relationship with, I don't think they're effective. I think we can all agree. So those are any type of email that is, um, very generic. I mean, sometimes, you know, these automations actually forget to fill in a name. So instead of saying, you know, hi, Emily, it's hi, first name. Um, You know, I have this program or I have this whatever. And while I do believe it's important to make you know, ask for sales, right? We're all in the business of, of, of earning income for our, our businesses. At the end of the day, if you don't have any type of rapport or you don't build trust or you're not even adding value in that message, it's not going to work. People are going to look at it, roll their eyes, delete and say, this is why I don't like going on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and actually, one of the best ways to to avoid this and love your inbox is to make sure that you are being mindful of who you allow into your network. Um, my inbox is actually filled with people that I like, um, people that are, you know, sharing information. I do get spam sometimes, but being really um, specific about your network and focusing on quality versus quantity will help eliminate those. So that's bad. That that goes in the, the category of not the best approach if you want to actually get a response, right? These very generic salesy emails. What are best practices? Um, So the best practices is to actually do research on somebody that you're reaching out to. So not to say that you're always going to know the person, there's nothing wrong with making more of a proactive outreach, but it's always helpful if maybe you engage with that person on a post, or you took the time to read their profile and say, I noticed that you started your career um, doing X, Y, Z, or we have this shared common interest. You know, it it really also goes back to networking basics one-on-one. And I'm not sure if maybe people, (laughs) we all forgot how to network in real life um, in this day and age, but, you know, I wouldn't do any, I would say the best practice is to do, to treat that message that as you would, if it was someone in real life, um, using, Uh, For another example that you can, that I think is helpful 
to add a personal touch is when on your phone, on the mobile app, you have the ability to record a voice message, right? So after connecting with someone, perhaps sending a personalized voice message to them and say, hey, Emily, thank you for accepting my uh, request. I look forward, you know, I see that you share a lot of helpful information. You have an amazing podcast that I can't wait to dive into. I'm looking forward to seeing you in my news newsletter and continuing, you know, the conversation. Small things like like that can really help make a difference. I can see how that would make a huge difference. Like I love hearing somebody's voice, especially yeah. when I when I haven't ever networked with them or met them on in person or you know on Zoom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. So that's a really good tip. And I also love when you do make a connection with somebody. That's a great opportunity to just go ahead and send a little simple message right then and there. You know, not waiting until it's like, oh, I'll message them later. Like, do it when you make yeah. the connection. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because that's the that's why we're connecting, right? This is not a rolodex. This is not business cards that you're collect collecting. You want to connect, so you know. A lot of times people stop at um, the point of, okay, someone accepted the invitation or they, you know, they're in, you're now connected and that's it. But the, the goal is to keep that conversation going to your point. Exactly. Like ask a question or follow up immediately. Um, and, or, you know, you know, one of the things I like to say is like, who do you want to keep in contact with? And as you find those people, make sure that part of your plan is to check out what they're doing and then uh-huh. be engaged in comments on them. And instead of sometimes just saying something publicly, like let's say they, um, you know, had a recent achievement, Hey, privately message them and, and congratulate them or, you know, have a conversation. Things that we do as business owners for our clients to nurture relationships. Those are things that can work, especially if you're doing it from a genuine, um, you know, in a genuine way. Okay, I have a I have a couple rapid fire questions for you, but but before I get into those, I got I got one more about our LinkedIn profile and that is the photo. This this question also called can I use a selfie of me and my dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say you. <laughs> you and only you. Um I don't see it as much, but definitely not in the car with your seatbelt unless you are part of like um I don't know, Jetta and in, in uh the Jetta Volkswagen Jetta and you're doing safety safety um advertisements. Definitely I would recommend a professional photo. Usually um you want a photo that is well lit. Uh, 80% of your face is showing. So we want to see your face um, where you're looking at someone, Uh, whatever it is natural to you. If you're a smiler, smile. If you're not like, what is your natural um, stance? And definitely, um, you know, the, the more of you or your face or your personality that you can show um, is the best way that you're just and, you know, so having those little breadcrumbs. So definitely no selfie and um, a professional picture, 80% of your face, um, a little bit of shoulder showing and good lighting. Always yeah. good lighting is, is applicable anywhere. <laughs> I think like, you know, even on Facebook, I'll use that as an example, even on Facebook, I think it's important to have a good photo of yourself if you're part of groups that you are showing up as, as a business owner in. So I think that those tips could be applied to any profile picture where you, where you are using that profile in a professional way, because people want to see your face and they want to connect with you. And your dog is adorable and lovely and you should use your dog in a post, but you should not use your dog as your profile picture. No, because we're all, this is all about making it clear and demonstrating who you are. And I would also just add your background banner, right? Having a background banner that supports that your brand, whether it's showing, if you're a speaker or you want more speaking engagements, maybe you want a picture of you speaking in front of a group or, you know, if you are, um, you know, you can use those keywords or you have a, picture, another picture of yourself, it's another opportunity to just make this picture, uh, you know, as complete as possible for when people are looking you up, like, like we were talking about as well. Yeah. And it's like your way of customizing, you know, somebody else's platform. So I totally agree. Yeah. All right. So here's my three, my three rapid fire questions. Uh, Number one, what is your biggest pet peeve in the online business world? 
perfectionism. Oh, that's <laughs> Did I <a> elaborate? <laughs> you yes, you can elaborate. They're ra- they're rapid-ish fire. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I'm still I have to ch- mindful of that. I can not give short answers. Um, I would say this this uh, not keeping it real, not being honest about you know the ups and downs, and putting this picture that everything is always lovely and these perfect photos and you know these perfectly curated feeds, whether it's on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, that doesn't show the grit that comes behind being an entrepreneur as well, because people need to see, especially newer entrepreneurs need to see that a lot of times it's a journey and everything doesn't happen overnight. So you want to inspire, but you also want to be honest and transparent about what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. Yeah, that's a really good one. Okay. What is your biggest tip for increasing visibility? Be yourself. Um, I would say be very strategic about what you say and how you say it. So if you want to increase your visibility, catch yourself if you feel like you're if 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 your message is getting if you're if you find it you're saying what everyone else is saying and your message no longer sounds like it's coming from you then that would be a good indicator that you're not going to stand out because if we're all saying the same thing the same way then how can you so i would say for that answer it's to Make sure that you're always sharing your worldview, your point of view in a way that's going to, that is uniquely yours um, so that people who you are meant to attract will be attracted to your message. Okay. I have a question on this. So Mm -hmm. see, like I said, these are not rap, they're rapid ish fire. (laughs) Um, So like, what if you're reading something or listening to something and that the points are like, oh my gosh, yes, this is this is so aligned with me. This is part of my life philosophy. Do you give the credit to the person that you were just listening to or reading to, or do you kind of like regurgitate it in your own way? Or, or maybe the answer is C and it's a combination of both. It's a combination of both. I think it's, and it kind of goes back to like when I, when I was talking about the three R's in, in daily engagement and that reciprocity is important, right? So making sure that we acknowledge our mentors, we acknowledge uh, those who inspire us. Um, you know, is there such thing as an original thought, especially in online marketing? I think we're all kind of, you know, share a lot of the same things. It's just who you're hearing that message from. But I think it's a combination of your C where it's like, yeah, I mean, even if you're saying something, it's still coming from your perspective. But we do need to cite sources. We do need to give respect to those who to who helped us in our journey as well and not think that like, you know, it's just you just figuring it out on your own because if you have guidance and you and you've gotten a different perspective from a mentor then we need to make sure that we're sharing you know sharing those props as well yeah i i'm i'm team share who you heard it from so. yeah <laughs> yes absolutely it okay what credibility to you too by the way Yes. Good point. And yeah. I think that putting other people in the spotlight also helps you. Like, I don't know how that works, but I think that it, I think that it works. Oh, Emily, absolutely. I mean, honestly, I, my brain as a creative, I don't always have it as a writer. I write professionally and sometimes I don't have it. And one of the easiest ways that I can, you know, have some type of visibility on, on social media and without having to find out what I need to write originally is sharing information from people I love, support and respect. So there you go. Okay. What is one thing, like what's a goal that you want to accomplish this year? And maybe this is a way that I can help you and the listeners can also help you or maybe not, but something that, (laughs) something that you want to accomplish this year. I want to do more public speaking. As you may tell, I'm not a quiet person. Um, So, (laughs) you know, I definitely want to be able to share, um, you know, share a message to more people who want to um, really kind of have a different perspective from the facade of perfection. So, you know, one of the things that I want to focus on 2022 is just helping people define for themselves what success looks like. And while we have some, you know, the thing about the pandemic and, and this age that we are in right now is that there's brought a lot of opportunities for people to be entrepreneurs, especially on the internet to, you know, um, make money, make a living, help people, of course. But I think what is missing, unfortunately, is that you start looking at these people and people start comparing or defining what success looks like based on someone else's success without knowing the real story. So what I want to do is 
in teaching about personal branding and social media and LinkedIn and all that goes into being a successful brand and elevating yourself through media, publicity, writing, whatever it is, is how do we make sure we're grounded in what works for us and not what the gurus or the influencers are saying you should do? Mm, I love that you are so speaking my language <laughs> and and I think that we can help you like so any any podcast or friends of mine that are listening like this is a great opportunity oh, for you to be you. like wow I want I want Marietta to share these tips on my podcast thank and you. or come to my group and speak so thank um you. so there there you go and um I guess now is your opportunity to just share how to find and connect with you online, where you like to hang out. And also um, maybe a little bit more about if somebody wants to dig more into LinkedIn and like really work on you, work with you in a deeper way, how can they get in on your course and other educational things that you provide? Oh, well, thank you. And, and thank you for the, you know, just allowing that opportunity, um, just because it's really important that we support each other, especially within this, within our industry. So it's much appreciated. I would say, obviously, my main social media platform is on LinkedIn. Um, I can be found under Marietta Gentles Crawford. Um, I'm sure if you look at my name or in the notes, uh, you know, you can find me and please send me a note and let me know that you found me through this podcast. I love knowing how people, um, can, you know, found me and how we connected. So, you know, definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. Let me know what stood out um, from from our com our great conversation today. And obviously my main hub is uh, my website, which is www.marybrands4u. I will not go through the whole aspect of, and I, I sound old saying www. I don't think that's cool to say anymore. I'm not sure. Wait, um, my husband, my husband <laughs> always makes fun of me for saying www. And I'm like, I don't see what's wrong with it. I mean, people I need to no. Thank you. Thank you for validating that. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's Mary. He's going to love this. He is going to love this. <laughs> well, at least you're not alone. Um, yes. But it's Mary, M A R I, brandsforyou.com. And okay. um, that's where I, you know, that's my main hub. And then if, for those who are looking to dive into more, like after you listen to this conversation, you're like, I really need to work on my LinkedIn profile. I do have a course on the LinkedIn level up, which actually has my signature secret, <laughs> it's not that secret, but my signature method for writing profiles. Um, and it really takes away the guesswork so that you're not staring at a blank screen and figuring out what can I do? Can I have a personality? Can I not? Do I talk about this? Do I talk about that? And I have templates that make the process easier um, so that you are able to update it in less time and also at least feel like if LinkedIn is not your main platform, you're not embarrassed if someone checks it out. Really great. And um, I definitely encourage, I'm going to have all those links in the show notes and thank I definitely you. encourage people to connect with you in one of those ways. So thank you. Um, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us and for all of these really practical, easy to implement uh, tips and strategies that we can literally start doing today. Thank you, Emily. It was my pleasure. And I loved chatting with you. Thanks, Marietta. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.